The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house. Yes, you're having a party in there. I can see it in the chat room. Uh, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about to hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Saturday morning. Um, we are going to have a, a really good show here, uh, letting you know some things that are coming out of the UK, but also things that are pertinent to us here in the United States. And let me take care of a couple of things here, get some formalities out of the way. I want to hit a couple of things out of the states here. And then uh, we're going to bring uh, Dr. Kevin Corbett on and uh, our own health and wellness expert, Kate Shimrani, in just a moment. If you would like to check us out online, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to go over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and scroll down right on the right, there's a place there for you to enter your email. Please do that, or if you're using your mobile device, it'll, it'll have a pop-up, or it should have a pop-up that will allow you to get our daily emails. We don't rent your email out. We don't sell it. We don't spam you. You get one email a day. All the articles we have for the day, including the daily archives, uh, you'll get those there. And speaking of the archives, yesterday we opened with some images and video and stuff like that uh, a caller had, had provided. There is an explanation of that in yesterday's archive. So if you go there, um, you'll see where the archive is. This for those of you who are watching this one right here with the Biden with the red background and all, it's right at the top of the page. You can click on that. You can see the explanation. You can look at it yourself. So we we did our due diligence to find out what was going on with any of that. And so um, we wanted to uh, provide that information to you. Also, while you're there, if you believe in what we're doing, there's a there's a way you can support us. There's a donate button here at the top of the page. If the Lord leads you to do that and you're a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver, then um, please donate to us and help us do what we do. Also, there is a section here where you can become a son or daughter of liberty, and that is that you can, um, let's see, let's remove somebody here. All right, so uh, there is a place where you can subscribe and be a monthly partner with us. We call them our Sons and Daughters of Liberty. You can do that. That's at the top of the page. And there's also our store where you can purchase our products, our T-shirts, uh, caps, hats, DVDs, CDs, all kinds of stuff on there. And um, 
we can uh, you you can help us do what we do. Now, with that said, just a couple of things. You guys hear about um, Hank Aaron dying at 86 years old? Seemed like he was in good health before he got the COVID vaccine, the Moderna one. You know, the Moderna one that's giving all these shakes and stuff to people. And it's interesting that all of the reports that I read about Hank Aaron dying didn't mention that two weeks ago he got the first of the Moderna doses of the injection of the COVID-1984 vaccine. None of them mentioned that. Did you hear it? Yep, legendary baseball Hank hero Hank Aaron dies at 86 within two weeks of getting the COVID-1984 injection. Now, that's not all. Let me hit this one real quick, too. This I also put out. A former CBS Health Watch reporter, John Rappaport, he was right. He was right back in September and then reiterated it in November. What was he right about? The fact of how they're going to come in and manipulate things to declare that the vaccine is working. And you know what? The World Health Organization just confirmed it. The World Health Organization that was headed by a Marxist-Leninist who wasn't even a medical doctor before, now Joe Biden has the propagandist himself, Anthony Fauci, heading that up. They just confirmed they will make the vaccine appear effective. How are they going to do that? They're going to do it by manipulating the cycles on the PCR test, which Dr. Kerry Mullis, the guy who developed it, said it shouldn't even be used on things like this. And they say it with their own words. I've taken and put this on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can check out what what they've said, how they're going to manipulate the cycles, and then you can go back and you can see Dr. Kerry Mullis explain the PCR test. And then you can see what John Rappaport wrote in September of 2020. And the second thing on his list was order a change in the way the PCR diagnostic test is done. So he's right. And folks, this is not conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy against you. This is a tyranny against you. It's not going away. Some people thought, oh, the COVID-1984 stuff is just going to go away after the election. It hasn't gone away. You've got, you've got a demented, corrupt, debauched pedophile in the White House who has to have somebody tell him in his ear to salute the, the Marines that he doesn't salute, but he just says, salute the Marines. You've got this knucklehead. He's a puppet in the White House. Because the previous president didn't bring any justice, and it's going to get worse. It's, we've been set up for this. You and I have been set up for this. So keep that in mind. Now, with that said, got all that stuff out of the way, wanted welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Again, our own Kate Shimarani and also Dr. Kevin Corbett, live from the UK. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, great to see you both. Great to see you both. Um, okay, so we've got some stuff going on there in the UK, and um, uh, Dr. Corbett has let me know we're going to be careful about certain sensitive information regarding his case. We told you that that was coming um, this past week, and so I'm going to I'm going to uh, first of all uh, turn it over first to Kate, 
And uh, so, Kate, one of the things that we're going to talk about in this hour, probably, I guess, near the end, because I guess we want to get uh, what, what's going on there in the U.K. first, is the, the growth of pregnancies, which I'm not surprised by because we had an outbreak of those after 9-11. People were scared. They're indoors. They're with their husbands, their wives, and all of this. And so... I'm not surprised by any of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end. But do you want to kick us off and kind of let us know what the latest details are that's going on there in the United Kingdom? Well, first of all, good morning. And I'd just like to say never work with animals and kids. As you can see, my fat Dave the cat's been on screen. And now Nelly the chihuahua's trying to get in on the act. <laughs> um, before we go on, this is a Christian show. and And yes... You know, even in the Second World War, there was people, you know, you don't have the TV and you don't have uh, any of that going on. People are more likely to uh, um, amuse themselves. Uh, and you did actually see a lot more births. So I think we are going to see that. And I, I was speaking to a lady who works at a health centre and she told me that even though they'd been ordered to only deal with um, the um, COVID and all non-essential things, well, you know, non-immediate things which we put aside, but their health centre was going on, going ahead as normal. So they were actually doing the um, contraception clinics and they were still going ahead and seeing patients. But I think a lot of the surgeries aren't actually doing that. But before we go any further, because people are getting really scared, they're getting scared everywhere. I was very fortunate to even speak to a lady in the Philippines and what they're being told is happening in the UK is not what we are seeing, absolutely. So this, this fear porn via the media is being sent all over the world and they're just showing people whatever they like. So I just want to read this from uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 7. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And, and just another Amen. one from Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So we have to, we have to kind of remember that. Um, so, uh, you know, Kevin and I have, have spoke, we speak all the time, actually. He's my brother in Christ, but he's also the brother I never had. And, um, you know, we, we talk about what's happening. And in the press here, we see, um, oh, they're now converting single-decker buses in London to be ambulances. That's what we're told. And we're also seeing in the press, um, for those who have a positive COVID test and can't work uh, and have to isolate they can receive 500 pounds. Well, if you're skint and your business is failing, or even if um, you don't normally get paid that amount in one go, that's a considerable amount of money. Listen, at this point in time, five quid's a lot of money for me. Um, but, you know, for some people, that's a lot of money. And, and that's a bit of emotional blackmail, coercion. There's going to be a lot of people out there <laughs> that are going to go, well, give me the test. I'll have the 500 quid. Um, because we also know, that, as you just said, the PCR test, um, when you start doing greater cycles, you're going to get a 97% false positive. And we know that. And we can't, it doesn't matter how, how much we now throw real science at this pandemic, scandemic, 
of what the PCR is, Carrie Mullis, as Dr. Corbett's already said, with, with his fantastic statement about the fish bones and that this virus was never actually purified, does it exist? So no matter how much we throw any of that at it, they're going to push ahead anyway, and they are pushing ahead. They're pushing ahead with this whole pantomime. And, um, and, and now it, it's really like, if you're looking at it as a war, you can't just win it all at once. You've got to fight each individual battle. So, you know, who, 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 is, who is complicit in this crime? And, and it's a lot of people. And I did a video for nurses, which is, um, I don't know if you've got it on your, your website, uh, but that video is to tell nurses about their legal standing on whether they can be coerced into having a vaccine or forced. That's for all nurses out there. Um, but, but what we're seeing is I, I still have nurses coming to me who are whistleblowing to me and a paramedic as well. And the paramedic actually said to me, the couple of the hospitals she's been to are really quiet. They're very, very quiet. And this time of year, you will see a climb in, in uh, cases going through A&E because it's the flu, well, flu season. I hate that. But remember, everyone had the flu vaccine from autumn onwards. And we know that the 2019 flu vac had the four untested influenzas and the highly pathogenic H1N1. So all this is going on in this big conglomerate uh, um, of, of the the title, the pandemic. And, um, you know, everybody over here is watching everything about what's going on in America. And it, it's all filtering out, you know, what was happening with the inauguration and Biden. And it, it is crazy and then absolutely crazy. And, and we all know those of us that have read all about, you know, it's Rome and London that own Washington. We've all read all that. But for us in the UK, although it affects us, ultimately, we should really be looking at what's happening here. We should be concentrating on our own content and what they're doing to us, the people. So... I, I still see people in the street now. Now they say there's a second strain. And they've actually said we're never going to be free from COVID. Mm. It's never going to be free. They're never going to lift mm. that COVID banner from above our heads. They're going to just keep rolling out new strains, new vaccines. Oh, there's another vaccine. You need this one this year. Um, until they've mocked up the entire population, making sure that every single person, this is their agenda. Remember, this is Satan's agenda. Every single person has been injected with an mRNA vaccine to replicate and make new viral components in everybody's bodies to fight a virus, which we know you can't catch a virus. So what is it actually doing? We've already talked about your 10 billion miles of DNA. You only need to take out one bit or translocate one bit to another bit or put a bit in there. It shouldn't be. Completely changes who you are. So they're not going to stop. So walking in the middle of the street to avoid your fellow human whilst wearing two dirty rags on your face is not going to make any difference. It's not going to do anything. The lockdown was initially, oh, we're going to do it for a couple of weeks now, apparently. It's still May, it's still Easter. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then that takes you right back into when they're going to be saying, talking about yeah. the next vaccine. Yeah. Let, so, you, um, one of the things that you just said kind of remind me of, of Scripture because... The masks that people are wearing, it's sort of this virtue signaling. 
that we're mm. we're holier or we're better or we're more righteous than those who are not wearing them and we're going to be blessed because we and I you know I can't help but see the symbolism of what God says when he says your righteousness uh, I through Isaiah he says your righteousness is like a filthy rag and that means like a, a minstrel garment uh, so mm. it's 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 when man tries to produce his own righteousness, whether it's putting on a mask, whether it is in his quote unquote good deeds with an evil heart, uh, God looks at that and says, that's filthy. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, what happens? I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of these quote unquote COVID cases have come. The majority of them have come from people who wear masks. Now we've mm-hmm. got Joe Biden writing an executive order, which he has no authority to be writing, uh, to have a hundred day mask challenge. It is against the law for him to require that of federal employees or people who step on federal land, which is the people's land, because it is in violation of the uh, Civil Rights Act. And I I put that out yesterday in the article that I did on his on his executive order. And as soon as he signs it, he goes to the tyrant Lincoln's memorial and he's there without a mask and his family's without a mask. And what does his press secretary say? Oh, well, he was celebrating. Oh, okay. So for thee, but not for me. And that's exactly how these people operate. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Kate. Uh, Dr. Corbett, you've got some stuff that's going on this week as well. Um, And I know you can talk very limited about that. Do you want to give the people a little update on kind of what's going on there? Well, all last year, um, the the British police, the United Kingdom police, were handing out fines to people uh, based on all sorts of subjective interpretations of whether they were protesting, whether they were gathering. And basically, in groups of six or more, if they thought you were in a group of six or more, they'd fine everybody £100. And then you get a lesser, then you get a reduction if you paid it in 28 days to £50. That's like $30 or something. And, and most people just put them in the bin, and then you get a court order and you've got to go to court. And that's basically what's happened to me. Um, but I wasn't protesting. I was only filming people at a distance. So I need to open my mouth and I got a fine for filming people in, in a group at about 10, 12 feet away. So this is really crazy stuff. And, and obviously, because it's under the, the courts at the moment, I can't really talk about the detail of it. But this is the same. I think there's been about 40,000 people affected in the UK like this. There may well be more. And um, this is really what we call unconstitutional in the UK, although we don't have a written constitution. These rules were brought in under the Public Health Act 1984, um, you know, the same year as George Orwell's novel. (laughs) And, And basically, they're not technically legal because they're secondary legislation. They've been rushed through under rules under the Public Health Act. Uh, they're called rules. They're not really legislation. They haven't been voted through individually by Parliament. They've never been debated word by word, line by line, paragraph by paragraph, like every other act of Parliament is scrutinised. And uh, they've been rushed through, and they didn't actually enact the civil contingencies uh, legislation to rush through the emergency here. They did it under the Public Health Act. And the reason for that is that under the Public Health Act, they didn't have to have the scrutiny of Parliament every couple of months. Whereas 
you know, this is this is what would have happened if they'd used the Civil Contingencies Act. So we have a parallel to what's happening in the United States. You've got illegal legislation or rules being rushed through, uh, which the public are being told are legal. But when you look at the letter of it, it's very debatable whether they're legal at all. And um, we're in the middle of a, a judicial review at the moment on the constitutional basis for this. And that's the Tilbrook um, Judicial Review, which is going through at the moment. And it's with the High Court at the moment. And the High Court is dilly-dallying and trying to delay the judicial review. Um, you know, the last one was Simon Dolan's they threw out. Ours, they can't just throw out because it's much more detailed. It's much more robust than Simon Dolan's. And they're having a great deal of difficulty to throw it in the bin. And they're threatening us with all sorts of fees and costs and you name it. They don't want it to go before a judge. And that's the whole thing here. When you put it before a judge, they've got to look at the evidence and they've got to weigh it up. And uh, we're going to push for this. We're going to push for this to be done. But what's also happening here, Kate touched on it, is this fear porn from the government. The new variant, the new variant COVID strain of virus that's supposed to be killing people. You know, and the image across the world is people dropping dead in the streets in London and the UK. And that's simply not the case at all. There's been so many videos now done at hospitals where they've shown that the, the, the activity in the hospitals is less than last year. And this was published in Lockdown Skeptics by the commentator Toby Young in the last couple of months. He's published data showing the, the hospitals are being less busy in some cases than last year. And, and therefore, it deconstructs the fear porn that's been put out by the government. And in fact, the government have broadcast this new strain, SARS-CoV-2, the Kent strain, it was called, right across the world. It's absolutely fear porn. They've not presented the evidence to the public for this. Scientists like Valence and Witty have been very, very careful not to present the actual data. And people are supposed to believe this. People are supposed to believe this fear porn. But actually, Tim, it's wearing very thin now. And people can see what's behind this. They were told we'd be back to normal in February. That's gone to Easter. Now we're being told it may be summer. It may be all year that we're going to be locked down again. Of course. And actually, what they want to do is to bring in universal basic income because increasingly they're making people dependent on the state for handouts, for grants and handouts while their businesses go to the wall and they suffer economically. Yeah. And this will be the issue that, like the French Revolution, when people's bellies are affected yeah. and they've got no food and there's no money in the bank, then they'll be thinking, what is all this about? And where are all the bodies in the streets? Yeah. Where are all the bodies? Dr. So Corbett, can, let, me, yeah. let me chime in on what you just said because that is something I'm going to be putting out today. The the Biden administration is already pushing in that direction of the universal basic income. Not mm -hmm. only are they going to try to push another two, almost two trillion dollar covid relief thing just after we got one, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago uh, that, that uh, I guess people are getting. I, I think some people were immediately starting to get that in their banks. They already had that set up somehow. And then not only is that, but now he's going to push for this dependence, not a one time thing. 
Not a, not a one-time check that you get, but like I was looking, if you've got children under six, you're going to get $300 for each one of those childs, everyone, or each one of those children every month. And if they're six to 17, you're going to get $250 for each one of those children every month. It is to make the people dependent upon the government. That's, and you're exactly right. right. You're exactly right with the hungry bellies. I've said that all along. Until people's bellies are hungry, they're, they're not going to really do anything more then, then have their rallies and their protests. When the hungry bellies come out, that's when you're going to see. That's when you're going to see the violence really erupt. Uh, my camera went out of focus there. That's when you're really going to see the violence start to erupt because people are not just going to sit around and starve, and they're not going to watch their kids and their their husbands or their wives starve either. They're just not going to do it. No, that's fine. It's, it's interesting. Mm. Sorry, I was just going to say, Kevin. Kevin and I are both fans. I love Margaret Thatcher's line that they were the first government to succeed in pushing back socialism, which is the first cousin of communism. Mm. And that's actually true. She was very careful um, with socialism because it is. That's exactly what's coming in right behind it in disguise in that Trojan horse is communism. Mm. Absolutely. And we're we're much further ahead than you, Tim, in the United States, because we've had... A socialist-dominated um, public sector since the Second World War, really, with the National Health Service, which is now a COVID health service. We've had social security grants far in excess of the United States since the 1940s. But what you're seeing now is here a greater push for rationalising universal basic income as really a bribe it's a bribe to take the edge off the hunger that people will feel, the physical hunger and the economic hunger that the lockdown is causing. And it's going to be a famine if they don't do something. So they're going to sweeten this lockdown with more grants, more free handouts in excess of what we got already. For you in the United States, this is even more radical to hear that they're going to hand out money willy-nilly this has never really happened in the United States. You might have food stamps and some grants, but you certainly didn't have socialized medicine. You didn't have a social economy where people's children were funded through the state. And this is really a way of bribing people to shut up and become more docile. They want docile people. They want silent sure compliant people walking around like robots with masks on that really have no medical rationale or science to yep. them. I, I agree. This is what we're seeing here. You know, we're seeing this docility, this docile population, a bit like you see the big lockdowns in China, the Chinese population that are being screened by CCTV every second of the day when they step out the house, when they go down the street, they're locked down to areas, they can't go on the train. If they've got bad social credit or they haven't got good health credit, you know, they're they're actually prisoners in their own own houses. They're like battery hens. They're like battery hens, you know? Uh, Kevin, let me me interject something. We got some breaking news here. You you guys are just... what do you say when you when you read stuff like this? Larry King is dead. China. Oh. You remember he used to get on the China. Uh, uh, Eighty seven yeah. years old. Guess what he's guess what he's hospitalized for? Okay. The Convid nineteen eighty four. 
Guys, mm-hmm. if you don't see how we're being played, you yeah. don't have eyes to see. You don't ha- you don't have ears to hear what's going on well, here. You know, these tests are so subjective. The science behind them has been totally destroyed by the Coleman Drosten review by Peter Borger and Mahorta et al. And anybody can read that online. They can see that the PCR test that was developed by Drosten, which is used right across the world to diagnose SARS-CoV-2, to identify it and to diagnose COVID-19, is a tissue of lies. It's an in silico model virus to begin with. And that's really posh scientific language for made up on a computer algorithm. In silico modeling, all you've got to do, guys, is put that into the Google or into DuckDuckGo, and you'll see what in silico modeling means. It means an algorithm makes up the bits that are missing, a computer algorithm. And that's how they developed the PCR test for SARS-CoV-2, made up with a computer and bits of a genetic sequence of virus. And of course, as we know, silico modeling, all you've got to do, guys, is put that into the Google. The whole, the whole, you know, the terrain theory of health, of health and medicine, when you look at it, there's great doubts over what is a virus to begin with. And therefore, we know that these tests, you know, they're doing them on everybody in hospital, and they'll test false positive in many, many cases. So anybody with a pre-existing condition, if Larry King went into hospital with a stroke, diabetes, or kidney problem, or heart problem, anything, COPD, that tests them, oh, it becomes a COVID positive. So they become a COVID patient. It's a total fabrication of reality. It's, it's a construction, a confection. The whole diagnosis of COVID-19 is a total confection like AIDS was, pre-existing conditions, 29 of them, all sewn together with an HIV positive test result. Total nonsense, really, in medical terms. Absolute nonsense. And people now will see through this, you know. They can see through the way this is being propagated in the media, pushed out, pumped out, like the propaganda in China and Russia and the Soviet era. People are being brainwashed and propagandized. This isn't science as we know it. This is total, utter propaganda. And it'll have to run out. This will run its course like a storm like bad weather and suddenly the sky will clear and there'll be sunshine through it yeah um one of the things i don't know if you if you heard about and i was going to pitch this over to kate because what you're doing dr corbett is you're explaining this and and showing that the emperor has no clothes as it were this past week we had uh, dr simone gold i don't know if you guys heard about this from america she's the founder of america's frontline doctors she was also arrested um, the FBI came in and showed up at her door, and um, we've got this on SonsLibertyMedia.com. If people have not checked this out, this this happened on Monday. 21, 21 FBI agents who couldn't stop the alleged nineteen hijackers from driving planes, allegedly driving planes into buildings. Okay, the the FBI agents who couldn't stop the jihadi guys down in tech garland texas the fbi guys who apparently didn't want to prosecute hillary clinton for her crimes against the people with an illegal email server the same fbi 21 of them came to this woman's door okay Mm. 
and hmm. they arrest they arrested her in a Roger Stone fashion. And after waiting for hours to be processed, Dr. Gold was issued an orange jumpsuit, spent the night in a jail cell. After pressing the authorities for a phone call, she was finally able to call her 18-year-old son. And the following morning in court, a judge informed her that she was charged with trespassing at the Capitol on January the 6th. This despite the fact that she was part of a peaceful group of several thousand people who were ushered into the building by Capitol Police. So uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the things that we're, that we're seeing going on here, and you know they didn't target her because she walked into the Capitol. It's the people's Capitol. Uh, that is not off limits for people to walk into the Capitol. It just isn't off limits. And um, yeah, were people in there doing some things they shouldn't have been? Yeah, all right, deal with those people. But as far as people going to the cap, that's the people's capital, just like it's the people's White House. And so you know why they targeted her, because mm. she was one who spoke out against the corruption that was going on at the time. Mm. I don't know if you guys had heard about that, uh, Kate. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Okay. Uh, absolutely. They, I, I discussed this with Kevin. I read it on your um, on your site. You write some great articles, and I read it on there, and. Um, we discussed it, Kevin and I did, and I said, it's, you know, if you're prepared to to put your head up above the parapet and above the trenches, however you want to say it, um, and speak the truth, they're going to target you, and they're going to target you with anything, absolutely anything, even if you've got, a, you know, an unpaid ticket. We were talking about this, you know, when I was arrested, I wasn't arrested, actually, I was de-arrested, which is not right, um, when I was with uh, Dr. Corbett outside Downing Street, that day and um they asked me did i have proof of my identification and i gave them my driver's license and so they went away and they came back and they said it's clean so they were looking mm. to see if there was anything outstanding <laughs> on me that mm. they could get me for at that time and that's really we know that this is what happens in times of great tyranny through history um we know that this has always happened and it will continue to happen and anyone who thinks that your government is, is for the people, you're deluded. Um, if anyone thinks that all these things don't go on and if you speak out about, about pharma, you don't, you know, you manage to shoot yourself twice in the, the head or even you manage to commit suicide by shooting yourself in the chest. Um, these are all things that happen. We know this. When you start talking about anything that hits people in their pockets, which let's just remember, this is about wealth, about greed. That's what everything is always about. Um, then, then they're going to get rid of anybody that gets in their way, or certainly they don't necessarily want to make a martyr of you, so they'll do everything else to get you. And that's what they did. I mean, to, what was it? To show the neighbours? They all come out in their blue jackets with FBI written on it yep. to show force. Yep. I mean, we were, we were at uh, Westminster, Dr. Corbett and I, and then sent a whole van to arrest me in my stilettos, <laughs> uh, skin-tight dress, and my, my cape that I dare wear. It's my cape that causes trouble. But, um, you know, I couldn't even run away because my skirt was that tight. I couldn't get my leg up to get in the van. I had to be helped in like the Queen. But they sent loads to do it, uh, and it's just ridiculous. But I um, just, just something, because I don't really want to run out of time, and I am acutely aware, both Kevin and I are aware of... Um, you know, people that have become pregnant and their babies are in hospital and they've either been tested uh, and they've had a different test result to the child and then they've been separated 
from a baby. And uh, again, you know, that whole uh, seeing the mother's eyes, how it helps to release oxytocin. And also there's been a case where a child was sick and then they tested the parents and then they wouldn't let the parents back in to see the child. When I was talking about child, I'm talking about the newborn. So um, this is, is going on. And, and Dr. Corbett and I have had lots of conversations about it. And we've discussed what actually midwifery is. And, and you know, Dr. Corbett's told me about what, what actually happened in the past with HIV patients that became pregnant and had children. And it should put the fear of God in you. If the fear of God isn't in you, it should be in you. Um, but the way it's been done, and we're seeing identical um, measures taken now using this COVID con, as you call it. So uh, I'm going to just let Dr. Corbett tell you about what they actually do, what the whole midwifery service is now, because if you think it's about the health of you and your baby, um, it's not really, because when you really start to look into what will indeed lead to a very healthy conception and what will lead to a healthy newborn and stop epigenetics affecting that child as it grows and indeed future generations they're not giving any of that information out none of it at all mm. so i'm going to hand that over to kevin dr corbett well you know we've talked about this case tonight basically um i certainly got involved with women's reproductive health uh, in the in the nine in the 90s when i was looking at hiv testing and, and there was a big push in the 1990s in the UK to test every pregnant woman for HIV. And because they couldn't make the test mandatory, they couldn't force people, they wanted every midwife to offer the test. Now, just, you know, we, we have midwives in the UK. Um, in America, you have obstetric nurses. And uh, the similar slightly different. Here we've got a history of midwifery in Europe where um, midwives are like, they're trained nurses uh, or they're direct entry midwives. So they're RM, they're registered midwives. They're not S up, they're not RNs. But some are RNs still, or there's an overlap. Um, but a lot of direct entry midwives now in the last 20 years. And basically they manage the mother, the pregnant woman, right through pregnancy to delivery at home or in the hospital or wherever. Now, since the 1970s, really it started in the 1960s, a lot of um, midwifery academics like Kitchener, they were fo following the rise of te technocratic medicine and how it affected midwifery care. And since the 60s, you've had this encroachment of technical medicine obstetrics into midwifery care where the whole of the woman's mid um, pregnancy experience has been pathologized as medical illness basically and so there's this huge pushback from the 1970s started with academics like Kitchener. they talked about the cascade of intervention in midwifery so if women you know, were perceived as having something medically wrong with them. They were brought into hospital, they were induced, they were delivered, and they'd end up having a cesarean section when they could have had a normal delivery at home. So it's about how techn technological, technocratic medicine interpreted the pregnancy experience as, as an illness, and they interpreted everything about it as an illness. And it, they took, it took over 
the whole of the pregnancy experience. So the women were sucked into hospital system, an obstetric system that basically churned them out with, you know, um, cesarean sections and or, you know, perineal tears that were sutured badly. So they ended up with urinary tract infections and psychosexual difficulties for the rest of their lives. Now, Midwives pushed back in this country through through that process. They pushed it back. Initially, it was seen as a male obstetric um, push into midwifery. And so there was this gendered war, gender war between female midwives and male doctors. But increasingly, it was realized that this is about technocratic medicine, which HIV was very much part of. And so by the end of the 90s, what happened was all the midwifery clinics were penetrated by public health experts who wanted the midwifery clinics to be testing and screening centers. So the women would come in and they'd be pregnant for a couple of weeks, and they got their test result and shown they're pregnant, and then they would be plied with all these tests, hepatitis B, all the rest of it, HIV, you know. And so the midwife's role was a screener and tester and not an advisor about women's holistic health. And so they've totally corrupted from the 1990s onwards by technocratic medicine. And, and therefore, we've arrived at the COVID era now. It's really the cherry on the cake, as Kate was saying, that, you know, you've got this, this, this takeover of, of the neonate, of the newborn child. They're seen as something to, to practice medicine on. And so you can exclude the children because of COVID, the parents because of COVID. You know, that's the big issue here in the UK. We've all been excluded from hospitals when our loved ones are in hospitals. We're not allowed to go in. So we really have no control over what's happening to them. And as Kate mentioned, the psycho-emotional bonding between the mother and the child is absolutely crucial to physical and psychological well-being of the newborn child. If you take that away, it's like pulling a plug on a record player or record deck or something. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but the electricity runs out and so it stops working. If you take the mother away from a newborn child, you're going to damage that child very badly. You're going to damage them psychologically. You're going to damage them physically because it's all interlinked. And midwifery understands this. Midwives understand this and they can see what's happening. And it must be very, very hard for them at the moment to see this being taken away from them, this control over the holistic care of the, the mother and the child, and indeed the whole family, because the father's also important for the neonate as well. So this is this is where we're at at the moment. This is a you know the final push of technocratic medicine into you know control over childbirth and neonatal care. And it's terribly satanic and quite evil, really, that this is happening. And you've got all these episodes that are being documented in the media, the alternative media, where, you know, children are being taken away, really. They're being removed into hospitals and the parents are being excluded. And that all they're doing is having to recourse to legal action. Right. Of course, slow. Legal action is really slow. When you're powerless, you know, you have to have resources to do. Well, now you guys, you guys have had other things. I mean, I can speak from experience. We've had 10 kids. Uh, five of them were in the hospital, uh, five of them. And when we, when I started, me and my wife started talking about what was going on in the hospital, they were performing things that didn't need to be performed on her. 
during, you know, giving birth and such. Yeah. And so we started looking into a midwife and we became real close friends with a midwife just across the line in North Carolina. But she could, North Carolina was just horrible about midwives. I mean, this is the most natural thing to happen in the world. And yet, you know, license, you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to have that. And so she was having to do her midwife practice in South Carolina. And she delivered Mm -hmm. our our last five children. I got to say, for anybody out there, not only is it less expensive, but you get real care. You get somebody who comes alongside your wife who will care for them. She was one who didn't believe in a lot of pharmaceuticals, um, things that were natural teas and other things that could be done. Um, she was patient and knew that nature, that, that God de- de- designed the body to deliver babies for women. And so uh, there was just patience involved. There was encouragement in that. And the rest that your wife will get after uh, mm-hmm. Having a child, she ain't going to get it in the, and the baby isn't going to get it in the hospital either. And the wonderful thing, you were making mention of the baby being there with mom or and, and dad mm-hmm. and stuff. All of our kids, mm-hmm. as soon as they're born, we were reading Psalm 127 and 128 to them because we believe that they are a heritage from the, the Lord. They are little arrows that will be shot out into the world mm-hmm. to change the world for good, hopefully, uh, for the glory of God. And so we would do that with all of them. But the ones at home were great because most of them were born, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. And so we would go get all the other children up and they would come in there. So it wasn't just mom and dad. All their siblings are there. And uh, and we would read those texts to them. And uh, my wife and the baby were able to rest. They weren't being prodded every couple of minutes, um, you know, depriving them of that. Uh, The midwife would always go in and my my oldest daughter would go in and bake a cake or something uh, mm-hmm. at the time. But but the midwife would always um, make mm-hmm. sure that there was the next meal was ready for my wife. Uh, she would actually go in there and make it while I'd be with her or whatever. And so there is a lot of benefit to midwifery. And so I highly encourage that for anybody out there. Uh, and, and look, she, and she has said, if there's a serious Mm. enough thing to where I say, you need to go to the hospital, then you have to agree to go to the hospital. Okay, fine. But, uh, but Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, it's the most natural thing. Mm -hmm. And we've been, Mm -hmm. we've been indoctrinated to think every little boo-boo, we got to go to the doctor. We got to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. We got to do all this. And a lot of this stuff has been going on for, for thousands of years. And also Tim, you know, there's a huge amount of research to show what you've just described has so much uh, positive health outcomes, medical outcomes, medical outcomes, you know, medical, technical outcomes, as opposed to negative outcomes of being in a hospital. And this is what Kitchinger, this midwifery academic in the UK, she was a professor of midwifery, and she showed this in the 1970s and 1980s. Once the woman enters the hospital environment, she called it a cascade of intervention. They're actually exposed to so much technology and medical technology that it, it draws them in. They are perceived as being path, path ill. They'd be seen as ill, and they end up having a cesarean section, or they're induced. They artificially induce the birth, you know. And a lot of it was done for the convenience of the male obstetricians in the 1970s and 80s but also it was also done for the convenience of the technology because the technology was there and therefore it was used so vacuum deliveries 
where they suck the baby out with the vacuum pump, cesarean sections, all sorts of, of really sophisticated and quite damaging technology was used, as opposed to what you described as, you know, home births, where the midwife has medical training and medical understanding, but they also have nursing training. And their nurses and their medics combined, they have medical and nursing knowledge combined, and they're able to holistically care for the, for the pregnant woman and the family. And they're part of the unit, as you well described. And they're and there. Kevin, Kevin, there's something that's really simple, really, really simple. We've discussed this. I've had four as well, folks, and I've had twins. And my last one, even though I had a cesarean for twins, I had at home upstairs on my bedroom floor on my picnic mat. It was really quick. I was told I mustn't. But uh, I'm not telling anyone else to do that. I'm not giving that as advice. But there's a one very, very simple thing here. Gravity. You're not meant to lie on your back to have a baby. But we do that because it suits the medical staff. Because they then are, they can see it. It's It's at the level where they can see it and manage it and do medical intervention. Whereas actually, if you look around the world and what happened with my last child and my first one, my last one, I was on my feet till her head was out, basically, uh, before the midwives arrived. It was that quick. But mm. if you look at cultures all over the world, they don't lie on their backs. That is yeah. a medical intervention position, isn't it, Kevin? It's a, well, it's it, a it became a stereotype, really, that, you know, that the, the male obstetrician would want the woman delivering flat on their back. And it was stereotypical practice, uh, and that was changed through the research of these midwifery academics and the pushback. And, you know, the midwives are always very good at integrating medicine, nursing, psychological care, spiritual care into the family unit. And they're very good at pushing back on technology when it encroaches on the care of the woman. And this is the big issue that midwives I found, because I used to teach, even though I'm not a qualified midwife, I taught health promotion to midwives for several years uh, at one of the universities in London I worked at. And I always found that very aware of all these issues to do with medical technology and how it can encroach on their care. And they're always, they're always walking a very tight line between you know technocratic control on one hand and psychological care on the other. And they're blending it and they're just steering a very difficult course, a lot of them. But they always complain, and this is over 20 years ago I was teaching them, they always complain that the book-in clinics where, where women come when they're first pregnant and they meet their midwife, they've been turned into screening clinics, medical screening clinics for testing and tracing and all the rest of it. And they would push back against that, but a lot of them found it very difficult to control that because the the push down from above, from the public health uh, zealots and the public health crazies like you know Neil Ferguson and all these stupid epidemiologists at the moment is really severe. That was 20 years ago. Now we're 20 years on and we have this COVID, this corona hysteria. So you can imagine what midwives are feeling and experiencing at the moment. Yeah. It must be quite severe because yeah. they haven't just you know, the pre-existing push, but they've also got this corona hysteria to deal with. And so this, this is encroaching a lot, I, I, I understand, on their care.
Yeah, let me let me add something in here. Kate was talking about the gravity issue, and I thought back to the midwives in the book of Exodus. It's kind of interesting because they use birth stools. Uh, somebody yeah. made one for my wife uh, mm-hmm. as well. And in Exodus chapter 1, verse 16, it says, And he said, this is the Pharaoh, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, the birth stools, if it be a son, you will kill him. If it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Because I want to tell you people, rather than getting rid of our children through abortion or any of these other things, we should look to preserve those children and listen to how God blesses it. When the king of Egypt came in and said to them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? The midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives fear God, that he made them houses. In other words, he gave them children too. Now I want to end with a message of hope here, and let you guys... Uh, uh, have a final word here. Psalm 91, those of you still scared by the convict, okay, scared by the tyrant, scared by the grocery store guy who wants you to wear the mask and you don't want to wear it or any of that. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare, snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Look, God is a refuge for his people. The question is, are you his people? Have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sin? If you haven't done that, you're not his people. You can't claim these promises. But those of you who name the name of Christ, you should not be fearful. You should not be afraid. You should stand boldly in the face of tyrants and say, no, I will not do this. I am going to trust God that he will protect me because I'm his child. All right, guys, we got about a minute here. Let me kick it over to you, uh, Kevin. First, tell people real quickly, uh, take 20 seconds or so, tell people where they can find out more about you, and then we'll kick it over to Kate. Well, you can Google, you can duck, duck, go me or Google me, find out videos that I've done, or you can go to my website, www.kevinpcorbett.com, and you can contact me through the website. Um, and that's still active. Um, I do get a lot of abusive email, believe it or not, but I also get a lot of very positive email, so people can contact me through that website. Very good. Give Um, them some encouragement, folks. (laughs) Give them some encouragement. And we'll have that link in the archive. 20 seconds, Kate. Where can they pick up, find out about more? uh, You can find me at katesheverani at gmail.com or um, naturalnurse at mail.com. I have got a fab website coming complete with that. Tim, I'm going to send you one of my nutritional programs for the pregnant woman. Um, I'm just going through, because I was going to do that on the show. I'm just deleting the personal information of the patient on it, and I'm going to email it to you. Okay. And you can maybe um, have it should anyone request it. Um, okay. It's great. It's a great document that I've put together. Okay. Um, we'll we'll get that in. We'll get that in the archives. I'll have it up later today. Thank you guys for being with us. And as always, the information you provide. Guys, have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday, six a.m. See ya. Thank you very much.